Jim, before you start, uh, start this, I got to tell you, I'm so excited because wedding season's over. That's all I can say. <laughs> you do seem to have a little oh, extra bounce in your step here. I have a little bounce here. in my step. That's right, I do. And uh, I'm pretty jazzed about that. It's Thank like, you for listening to the Fields Brothers show. And it turned cold, too, so I guess that goes with it. So, yeah. Well, I'm Roger Fields, and I am here with Jeff, and we are the Fields Brothers. We're doing this uh, from Central Kentucky at uh, Moonlight Fields Wedding Farm. We're in the man cave. And so anyway, we're, we're not, you know, used to say all the time, we're not the Dewey Brothers, not the Marx Brothers, not the Smothers Brothers, because nobody even knows who they are anymore, you know. But uh, True, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, yeah probably they're, they're very they're few people. But we're the Fields Brothers. And so anyway, Jeff, what you got? One little thing, but this will be second, so I'll get something else first. But um, and listener thinks that we may not, we may no longer be able to say that we have no record of scandal. Oh no! What's, anyway, what's I'll, I'll, get, I'll get to that in just a second here. I'll yeah, get to that I just say second. my intros. I would say and we're re- recovering right. pastors with no, no rec- uh, with no what I say record of schedule record no, of scandal or no, no record of known scandal no or something known like scandals. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. <laughs> it's, that's debatable now, oh, no. for, according okay. to one lister. But anyway, I haven't talked to you or we haven't done a podcast since uh, Teresa and I volunteered at the Breeders' Cup. Oh, boy, yeah. So we are kind yeah. of officially horse people now. Are you really? So you got into well, that, did of, you? Well, depends on how you define got into Well, that. I mean, you, did you get so to actually was, see the race? Or I saw one. I didn't see the – Teresa saw the big race races, at the end. There's two days of races, last Friday and Saturday. And there's several and that's races. that's Keeneland here in Lexington. Keeneland Horse Track, which is here in Lexington, Kentucky, not to be confused with Louisville, Kentucky, that has Churchill Downs, where the Kentucky right. Derby is run every May, first Saturday in every May. Right. So uh, the Breeders' Cup is is a big deal in the world of horse racing, and they move it around to different tracks. It had been here before. But it had been a few years, and it'll probably be a few years again before it's here. So, um, Oh, really? So it's not it's like it's going to happen every year then? It's not here. A, oh, not here. I, did, see, I didn't even know that. So like next year, it's in Santa Anita, which I think is in Southern California somewhere. No kidding. Okay. It's been at Churchill Downs before and a couple of other well, tracks. So they move it around then. the country. Right. But among horse racing people, and, and we know next to nothing about horse racing, well, I wouldn't say. I mean, I I know they go around. The we track. watch the Derby every year, and then the maybe no. The, let me the tell you my claim grounds. to fame. Here's why I know a lot about horse racing because okay. I saw the movie Secretary. Okay, yeah, that's a favorite. Yeah, we're, we're big on so, that for uh, sure. Anyway, but uh, it was a lot of fun. So my role was uh, driving a golf cart. Teresa did something else, and but that's I drove something a golf you've cart. had a little bit of experience with. Bit. I would say since you're an avid golfer. So it was Friday. I was at the, that Friday. I was at there roughly from 7 a.m. to about 8 p.m. I got there when it was dark. I left after it got dark. I wish those golf Such carts. Such commitment. Oh, yes. Um, I, <laughs> I wish those golf carts had odometers on them. I would love to know how many miles I drove in those so two days. So you like taking people back and forth from the parking area? to the, Yes. And there right? was, it's, the, it's, design, the it's designed primarily to help people who um, – the term they used was mobility assistance that need mobility assistance. And they, and they told us in training, that can mean lots of different things. You know, it's not necessarily an older person. It may be an often, you know, I never even thought if I'd have realized what you're doing, I could have, I could have helped you. I mean, this is what I do on the wedding farm. I have a golf cart and we drive people that are not very mobile to the wedding area. I'm experienced at this. I could have shared all kinds of things. This gets a little more complicated than that, but basically there were two, for the most part, there were a couple exceptions, but for the most part, there were two areas that we would, because it was also from the parking area to the main building is uphill, decidedly uphill. And they had one, the rideshare area. So if one was taking taxi or came into Uber or Lyft, 
there was one area designated for that. So right. we would take people we back and forth. We have the same them. thing on the phone. Okay. Or <laughs> this is a little bit bigger space, but anyway. <laughs> or the other one was kind of a depot where the shuttle buses, they were shuttling people in from like four different places in the city from okay. South and Christian church, from the horse park and a couple of other places, they would bust them in or they also had parking on the grounds. I and mean, one of the parking areas on the grass, I mean, I bet it was, it was still on the Keeneland property, but I bet it was a half mile away from uh, up here. And so yeah, they what, would ride a shuttle into this depot and all that. Okay, right, go here's ahead. Here's what I do. Like I, a lot of times the people that I shuttle many times are, are elderly women, Mm-hmm. 80 plus years old they're not very mobile it takes them a while to get in there and i put my arm around them because i don't want them falling out of the golf cart no, well i didn't put my arm around well these are because... we have to go over ground i don't know if you is all yours, yours on pavement i mean yes this was see, all well uh, yes pavement. this was so all I on go pavement. Over some, so i just make sure we hit a bump okay. and lose somebody you know i like to end up with the same number of passengers i started with you know so i was up with my arm around so all right you know, Mildred or whatever yeah. it is. We're going to take a little spit up and down Ashgro first. You all right. right with that? And they almost always say, yeah, let's do it. It's really a cute thing. Yeah, I had a couple of one-liners that I would yeah. use. There was in one of the um, – so the other place we go to this little depot, a little bit farther away where they would get the shuttle bus to either the far end of the parking area on the grounds or to some other place where they bust in. And it was I, – I would guess maybe – 200 yards to 300 yards away from the building. So that's about how far we were taking right, them. Wow. That's and it way. is designed for people, mobility assistance. Yeah, but you're right. but during the far. during the middle times, you know, if it wasn't busy, we'd take anybody. You know, a lot of people, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll take it. And and so uh, it, it was a lot of fun. But there was one of the paths, if we were going to the bus depot, there was one speed bump. And so I had to holler out, you know, speed bump. and But usually when people... You didn't just slow down for well, it. I did that too. Over, yes, I did. Usually you're, like, I would, you're on your own, speed bump, yeah. hang yeah. on. <laughs> you were warned. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> and get up off the ground, you were warned. No. <laughs> so um, I would usually, a lot of times I would, and I mean, everyone's friendly. They're in a good mood. I get on, you know, they get on and say, welcome to Keeneland. And then I'd say, or, welcome to Kentucky. And I'd find out where, I mean, some were from out of the country. Um, some were from who knows where in the U.S. Maybe a fourth to a third were from were local folks or general, right. you know Central Kentucky. But a lot of times, speed bump. I'd say, you got speed bump. I said we can do this the the boring way or the fun way, and people enjoy that. Or they get on. A lot of times, I'd say, you know, most people don't fall off, so you know the odds are in your favor. You know, kind of plant <laughs> that little seed of doubt in, yeah. in their minds and all that. But um, Saturday it was super windy. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like thirty to forty miles oh, an hour wind all yeah. day long. Yeah. And so I had to drive one hand basically all day to keep my other hand holding my hat on from getting blown away. But um <laughs> there was You could turn your hat around, yeah. What was that? But anyway. Right. The um what is in her it was it was, you know, seeing the particularly the lady of course everyone dresses up for this. So people yeah. that aren't familiar oh, with it's a fashion show. Oh, it, it really is. Oh, yeah. It's like the Derby, yeah. which I've never been to the Derby. I don't think you you've no, never been never to the been Kentucky to the Derby. Derby. But no. I mean people dress up for this just like that. Okay. And so, you know, picture Saturday and it was warm though. That was a great thing about it. It was warm seventy in the seventies both days, which is not always the case in early November in Lexington. But to see ladies in 30 to 40 mile an hour wind trying to walk up a hill you know if we were taking someone else or whatever these are the ones appreciate us uh taking them you know trying to hold on to their hat keep their hair they straight all wear hats like they do at the derby a is lot of them not necessarily all of them but you know trying to control either their hat or their hair or their short skirts in four inch heels in a 30 to 40 mile an hour wind wow. so that was somewhat entertaining just to, yeah. to see them trying to Trying to navigate that, but anyway, quick, quick story. One um, one time, people, some of the people left early, which 
helped us because there wasn't very many people. Then we can take pretty much anybody. And uh, I took these two guys, said they were brothers, a little younger than us. I'm guessing like 50 you taking people back and there's people waiting in line when you get back? At the busy do- times, there are. Okay. But not always. All so, right. you know, in the morning, we're taking people there. And that later in the day, we're taking people back to the parking. Then the middle day is kind of a transition where it could be either direction. Okay. People either getting there real late or leaving real early. So anyway, it was fairly early Friday afternoon. And we weren't real busy at the time. And so... Uh, at the building, these two guys hop on, and he says they're brothers. And the one's sitting up front, and the one's behind me. These are six-passenger golf carts, so I can hold five people in it besides mm-hmm. myself. And I can tell early on this guy had been drinking too much. And um, I even offered him. I said, you sure you don't want me to take you to the rideshare place? You can get a taxi. He said, oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll be okay. And so hopefully his brother was doing the driving. Hopefully his mm-hmm. brother was better shape than him, but he was sitting behind me, so I never talked to him. But this guy up front was very talkative. Uh, he was talking to all the people we would pass on the way. <laughs> and they were parked in the farthest area away. So they weren't riding a shuttle bus somewhere else. They were they would have ridden a shuttle bus to their car. But I went ahead and took them all, almost all the way to the car. So it was, you know, they were on the cart for a few minutes getting all the way there. And um, I decided, they told us early on that, that we would get tipped. And I never thought of that when I volunteered for this. But uh, Oh, yeah, but right. I, I, your financial no planner never crossed so, your mind. So I, there could be some cash passing so I, I in tried my to, hands. I, yeah. I, I didn't really plan one way or the other, but the first time, I, I just didn't feel right taking a tip. I, and so I, it was really fun telling people, no, this is totally free. Just, just enjoy it. I'm just doing this for fun. So that's. But a few people just would not take no for an answer. A few people just drop a $10 bill or a $20 bill in my lap and walk away. You know, Then what do you do? So I end up keeping some. But this guy, so I'm taking up, up up here, and he's real talkative. He's happy. He's drunk. And, uh, you know, partway up there, he starts to reach in his wallet. And I said, no, don't, don't worry about a tip or anything. This is totally free. He goes, what? Oh, no, no. I've got to, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to let you tip me. This is totally free. He goes, oh, you're the best. And he <laughs> fist bumps me next to me probably four times but on the way. He goes, you're the best. <laughs> so you got a friend somewhere out so, there, huh? Here's here, here's my advice. If you ever need, if you ever in some need of some just emotional affirmation, give a golf cart ride to a drunk guy to get him to where he needs to go, and he will just think you're the best. And that because was you probably didn't fun. remember so you the next day, I but doubt still, I didn't remember yeah, anything. Of well, that. the only bad time. Well, then we'll get off of this. And, and we kind of knew this was coming, but it was not. It was a bad experience the first night, only slightly better the second evening. You know, there's a point where you get the final race. There's like forty to 50,000 people at this thing. Well, how many is Keeneland Hole? Well, not near that many. They built entire buildings, temporary buildings for the structures, chalets, they call them. But they can't see the race from there, can No, they? they built them on around the edge of the track. You just don't see them from right at the finish line. You you see them so from the temporary the buildings that yeah. they take down? yeah. yeah. They do that at golf tournaments, too. So I've seen this type of thing. But these were bigger than what I've right. normally seen. But um, so, you know, things have been a little, they start to pick up a little bit. And then all of a sudden the last race ends and there is this massive humanity. I mean, literally tens of thousands of people come pouring out of the buildings to head to the parking lot. Well, it's like a ball game, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, if a ball game ended abruptly, you know, totally there, but, but this is probably even more people, well, comparable to a football game or something. But this place is really not set up for that. I mean, all the parking is in one direction. So everybody's walking the, the same direction. Okay. And so initially it's okay. We, we get a couple of people that need some help walking and we take them down. But then 
we got to ride back. And so I'm riding back in an empty cart, and there's this massive humanity humanity walking toward me and they're walking on the road they're walking in. so i've got to drive through them to get back up to the building and then i'm getting stopped every 10 or 20 yards hey can you can you take us up to the field where we're right and said no i've got to go there i turned down multiple offers of a hundred dollars each to take people all the way out to the parking area but the second night we were saying you know we, we can't do that and people were getting mad at me because they wouldn't take and they you know then a lot of them had legitimate stories and, you know my so you got the drunk my, people that like you the sober people yeah, don't like you yeah and, and then because well. they wouldn't give them or because you know if we did that we would never get back up to the building to take help the people that really really needed help and so we would you know, and some of them have legitimate stories. You know, you know, my my elderly father has a hard time walking. I think, well, he's already walked 150 yards to get here. You know, can he make so you're it kind of heartless 100? as you do this. There are a like, that. Well, what I learned, like, hey buddy, I tough the, luck. I, well, I learned the second day just not to even just look straight ahead and not even look <laughs> oh, so people try to weigh me down. So yeah, it, it was a little painful. So they anyway, just needed okay. more golf carts. It sounds like well. more golf carts, more people. But it, even then, it would have. I mean, if I had more, half of them would have been unused the vast majority well, of the how day. many golf carts but even then it was hard to get there because of the traffic and the people yeah. and the cars just to get back there so you know monorail I mean, or it was um it was it was quite an experience okay so well, anyway anyway the scandal a scandal um and, and don't need to talk about this anything of yeah, any I've substance yeah we'll get it here all right, no, it's okay. there. all right no go ahead so what um scandal the thing with the uh, tearing the page out of the bible you know, yeah. I got a little, I don't know if you saw that or not. I got a little bit of reaction on that on okay, Facebook. So let me People recap did not what happened. Okay. So a couple podcasts can I, ago. Can yeah, I recap? Go, yeah, so yeah, you go ahead. Jeff announced he's going to tear a page out of his Bible. He did it in the podcast. And he tore the page out that said New Testament because the New Testament doesn't start at the beginning of Matthew. The New Covenant or New Testament starts after the cross. So it's just in the wrong place in the Bible. It was added on. God did not put that page in there. Right. A publisher did that. Yeah. And so you tore it out, and a lot of people got upset. Because yeah, that was very controversial. Because on Facebook, uh, you know, I mentioned that there's a page in the Bible without saying what page it was. Yeah. And so a lot right. of people really reacted before they'd even listened to the yeah. podcast. Like and I have said, have you, have you listened to it? Yeah. 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 And um, but it didn't. It didn't make me aware of something. You know, Andrew Farley that time got the editors to change the word yeah. in the Book of Romans, changed um, sinful nature to flesh. Right. I'm thinking we need to talk to Andrew, see if he can get the Bible publishers. If he got them to take change that word, I bet he, see if he can get them to take that page yeah, out well, of the Bible. Anyway, I just don't a think. Uh, <laughs> okay, you ready here? <laughs> yeah. All right. So what scandal is this? A scandal? That's, that's it? a scandal. Yeah, because we tore a page oh, out of the Bible. So that, uh, oh, that's Do you think it. that? Yeah, we, we weather that storm. Okay. Yeah. So oh, we're, yeah. we we so was, I just make sure I know. So we still have no record of scandal. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I think we can still say okay. that. No okay. record. Okay. No right. credible record. I mean, this is not a credible <laughs> record. I mean, no credible record or scandal. Maybe I need to add that little caveat. <laughs> no verifiable. No verifiable. No <laughs> <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> All right. There's plausible deniability. Yeah, is that the phrase deniability. we have? Okay. Actually, and even if it was plausible... I didn't do it. You did it. You, so you may have a record of scandal. I didn't do anything. So next time you say the Fields Brothers podcast, yeah. one of us has no record of scandal. Right. Me, I have no right. <laughs> okay, got one subject we're going to talk a little bit about here, and and I'm almost going to tease something. Um, I love this Malcolm Smith. Uh, he may be my favorite teacher. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you've heard him that much, but he's in his eighties. I mean, he's been around for a long time. Everything I've read by him has been great though. Uh, he's got a new, well, not new, but he's, he said, um, a, a, 
I'll call it a new sinner's prayer. I'll get to it here in a little bit. And he acknowledged that the sinner's prayers we've often heard is not you in know, scripture. I think Mal- if I, I could be wrong with this, and I might look this up, but I think Malcolm Smith had a huge impact on Larry Norman. Did you know that? No, I'm not. He's in that. England, right? Malcolm Smith. He was. He's not now, but he was. Larry Norman used to go to England and spend time with him. Oh, really? I, wow. I'm sure I've read that. Well, he's old enough. He would, yeah. Yeah. He would have been. He's in his 80s now, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been teaching for like 70 years or something. He may be in late 80s. There's a connection there somehow. But he has a great sinner's prayer. But he acknowledges it's not. Not a fish. It's right. Not, he's and not there's trying no to say But you're, you're really going to like okay. it. I'll say right. it right. Anyway, but the idea here. No, we need to say this too. For a lot of people, a sinner's prayer okay. is typically a prayer that somebody would pray to receive the Lord, and some people word it different ways. Whether right. you're accepting Jesus in your heart, or you're giving your life to the Lord, or whatever, there's different ways to frame right. it. But it's the prayer that you would pray to come into the kingdom or to accept right. Jesus. Right. All, right. All right. So that's so what we'll, we mean by we'll, sinner's we'll, prayer. We'll, we'll get to that here pretty soon, I think. And some uh, churches have a very formatted know. prayer, like you know, word for word, which is. I think we'll get to it soon. The rate we're going to maybe. Well, well. just trying anyway. to bring clarity <laughs> to what you're saying. So, so okay, well, you and I. Let me uh, prep this this way by asking you a question. So think back to your childhood. So you and I grew up, you know, uh, in a Christian home. We're thankful for that. Christian parents. We went to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We pretty much stayed out of trouble. You know, we were good kids uh, for the most part, I think, or at least I know why I was. I, I, I don't know about you, or I think I know about you, but you, you know, no big trouble. No big we, trouble. We no, still no we, record of scandal. We no. didn't get involved in smoking and drinking and, you know, Carousing. all we party carousers. <laughs> and, um, and so I remember thinking growing up, because, I mean, you know, we knew that this whole thing about God and the Christian life was serious stuff. You know, we knew that. Yeah. I mean, serious in the sense that important. Maybe I yeah. should have said it that way. Yeah. This is important stuff. Yeah. And so we, we took all that very importantly in the Bible and God and church and all that. And I remember thinking, probably like more junior high, high school, that uh, okay, it's kind of shudder now to think of this, but but that I was a pretty good kid. That I mean, as kids go, as teenagers go, now, are, we, are we including wrecking the car, well, the family on. car? At the time was this? <laughs> that was an accident. Okay, <laughs> okay, I just didn't know if you'd forgotten that little incident. <laughs> that was okay. an accident. Um, we'll talk more about that in some other podcast, maybe. <laughs> But there was one area where I felt guilty. I thought, okay, if someone's going to try to accuse me or if God was going to try to accuse me or someone else, there is one area that they could probably nail me. You were even me. golfing way back then. I mean, no, you're cheating okay, on your golf see, score. You're not, you're, not, All right. you're not thinking with me here. So t- tell me, was there one to see if it's the same area for you? So you're junior high and high school. You're basically a good kid. You're involved in the youth group. you got good friends, decent friends. But you, there's one area that you, if someone really pressed you on it, that you did feel guilty that you weren't doing enough. Okay, this is a confession right now. I've never told anybody this before. But this is in high school. This is before my physical education or health class, I used to call it. I used to sit in the hallway and sometimes I would play poker. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking of when you were there. So. You didn't know okay. that, though, did you? For money or just for fun? Money, yeah. Oh, you actually? Yeah. I mean, okay. like 20 cents, 30 cents. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't like big bucks, but, you know. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> Was that it then? Is that your only? I think so. How about I a mean, sin I've... of omission? You know, we kind of poke fun of the sins of commission and sins of omission. Yeah, lots of sins of omission, yeah. So what, what would it, what, I mean, what's the quickest way, even today, really, among a group of Christians, what's one of the quickest ways to make a Christian feel guilty? 
Well, that they didn't forgive somebody, unforgiveness. Well, have, no, I'm just going to have to tell you. You're not I don't, I don't know. I, you, I, I'm yeah, I evangelism. Okay, you didn't evangelize. But you didn't, you know, we, we were kind of taught growing up, I heard it from the pulpit, we need, to, we need to share your faith. You need okay. to witness. Right, right. And I didn't do that growing yeah. up. I was too timid to, and plus I really, at that time, I didn't really understand how good how good the good news was. So it was like I didn't have a lot of good yeah, news. Yeah, back then, witnessing but, was basically just inviting somebody to church. You yeah, know, that's really yeah, what that was witnessing kind of was. And it was all about, you know, saving people from hell. You know, that was what witnessing was all about. You know, so all we're right. going to get their eternal destiny changed. And one thing I, I had never thought of till recently, and I've, I've heard of two different examples of this lately, uh, people who are now adults mentioned that in their childhood they had nightmares about hell. You know, I never really thought about the impact of that on a on a child. Yeah, I never had a nightmare of hell. Uh, I didn't either. I mean, I, I worried at times. Mm-hmm. I, I remember thinking, okay, I think I'm probably good enough, but I'm not sure – but I'd read some stuff about the Lord's, you know, this day is this a thousand years. And I kind of figured out, you know, there, there's, I think there's a pretty good chance Jesus is going to come back in the year 2000. You know, it kind of maps out with some of this other stuff. So that you was what, clean at up? Time. Well, I figured. Did somebody say before then? No, is not the plan? I'm, I'm worried about myself at this point. Oh, okay. I'm thinking, okay, I'll be 39-ish by then. I'll probably I'll probably be doing a pretty good job by then. Okay. <laughs> got to map it so, out. So I've, got, gotta... I've got X number of years to get okay. this thing. <laughs> but anyway, but I heard Malcolm Smith talking about, you know, that he's, one of his lines was this, before I get to a sinner's prayer, evangelism is not a threat. I remember thinking long before I saw grace, I remember being amazed of how little there is in the New Testament epistles about evangelism, about witnessing, about hell. I mean, we heard a lot more about that growing up in church than is in any of the epistles or anything. I mean, there's a couple, you know, we're a little bit ambassadors reconciled, you know, of course, before the cross and kind of, I think, think then you have some stuff in Revelation, and there's different ways to translate that. And I'm not going to get into all the the real deep stuff on this. But I think the fact is, or in the book of Acts, I mean, they never used hell as a threat in the book of acts you know they just told who jesus was and what had happened you know I, it, brother, I mean i used to pastor a church in moorhead kentucky which is where moorhead state university is and we used to have somebody would come by through about once or twice a year and he would stand up on something he would preach to the it was a real hellfire brimstone yeah. he was i mean that was, was his whole thing yeah. you're going to hell because you're sleeping around you're doing things you should be done and, and some people, and I never knew what I, honestly, I never knew what I thought about that. I just kind of like, well, that's really interesting. I know what I think. Well, yeah. And what I would think now, but then I wasn't sure what I thought about it. Right. But that was considered evangelism. Yeah. You know, you yell and scream at people and tell them they're going to hell if they don't quit doing what they're doing, and that is evangelism. Yeah. So it's kind of the Jonah approach, man. So you kind of, you know, just tell people they're doing the wrong thing. We were in Las Vegas one time for a work conference, and I remember someone was on the street doing that, you know, huge yeah. crowds there. And now, I mean, the, I mean, when you think about that, not only is it not in, you know, really in the New Testament in that regard or in, in the epistles, particularly after the cross and all that, in terms of interacting with other people, the sermons in the book of Acts or Paul's letters, you know, there's nothing at all like that. But just the very thought of that, I mean, it's basically terrorism. I mean, it's basically saying as if God is saying, you better do this, and if you don't do it, I'm sending you to hell. I mean, there's just something totally wrong with that type of 
motivation for yeah, people. Certainly not good news. Then, yeah, you're right, exactly. And then you think of Romans two for it. You know, what is it that leads us? And they use the word repentance. It really should be translated change of mind. What is it that leads us to the a change of mind? Goodness of God, the yeah. goodness of God, or the kindness of God. Yeah. And so evangelism is not a threat. But Malcolm Smith's sinner's prayer. So. And you know, we're, we're coming down to the end of the podcast, Jeff, so at some point, we do need to get to this prayer. Okay, okay. I'm, just I'm, I'm ready for it All now. Right. We've, been, we've already been there if you end up. Okay. <laughs> so a sinner's prayer. So let's do a role play here. I'm going to, you know, a sinner's prayer, you always say repeat after me type of thing. All right. So, so just, you know, just go a phrase at a time here, okay? So, you know, so you close your you close your eyes. You're leading me to the Lord, yes, and I, I got to repeat I, this I, prayer. I just told you okay. the gospel. Okay, so Roger. Uh, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, so close your eyes and bow your heads and repeat after me. Wow. Wow. That's it. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah, that's very really cool. <laughs> I mean, he says that when you, I mean, because there's no need for it, actual sinner's prayer. Right, right. It's just a response it's to the just, good news of the gospel. It's just, yeah, I like when, it. That when is you cool. see who God is, that he loves us, when you see the gift that he's given us in the son, that he has reconciled us to himself, that you're totally forgiven, you don't have to do anything. You don't even have to say anything. Because it's an announcement. We've said many times before, the good news, which is what the the translation of the word gospel in the Bible is a word that means a good news announcement. And that's what the, the good news is. That's what Jesus did for us. The message of what Jesus did for us is an announcement. It's not an invitation to come get your life cleaned up. It's not an invitation to be more religious. It's not an invitation to come do right. anything. It's an announcement of what has been right. done for you. And the most, I mentioned this before, you know, a couple of times, some of the most significant things, the two most significant moments in my life were when I just, someone shared something and I saw it. Yeah. I didn't even ask for it. I didn't pray for it. I just saw it. And so I, I love that sinner's prayer. And even that, you know, that prayer is not making anything happen. It's just the response to what we've seen has already happened. So that's the sinner's prayer. Wow. I like it. <laughs> you know, you're not going to believe this. I actually kind of preached a sermon like that one time, a long time ago, where I, where I used the um, where, um, about being childlike. Mm-hmm. Instead of a child responds to something by just saying, Wow. And so, in a lot of times we don't do that. We our response is adults sometimes is hmm. Yeah, like we have to think it yeah. through. Well, I don't know. We're a kid. We just say, "Wow, that's." You know. There is so much that can be that we can understand if we filter it through the mind of a child. Yeah. It's kind of good and bad. Like I was talking yeah. earlier, you yeah. know, the whole health thing there and all that, or this. I mean, there is something beautiful about how a child looks at everything that yeah. we can. From which we can learn. Yeah. You notice how I did that? So I didn't end it with a preposition. Instead of saying that we can learn from, I said from which we can learn. Aren't you impressed? I am so proud. Yeah, we've come a long way. <laughs> Never let it be said that we don't use proper grammar on the field. Oh, they can show. still say that, man. <laughs>